You are listening to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast presented by Realm of the Mist Entertainment with your host, John Tolley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. We are coming tonight, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Christopher Stolley. Chris, how you doing today, man? Oh, the Force has burned me. If I get any more sun, I'm going to look like Anakin Skywalker after <laughs> Mustafar. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had we've had a um, lot of rain here. We've had um, let's just say I saw an old man trying to build a boat the other day. So I don't know if I should be worried about that or not. But well, only if he starts gathering uh, two of every species of animal. This is true. This is true. I haven't seen uh, though. I did see some a couple of geese flying flying over today. So I don't know what that means, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, the only really piece of news that we have today that I know of is uh, some pictures came out recently of Last Jedi. Uh, I saw one of Luke in R2. That stood out. And, and the other one was um, JJ with the what appears to be the Knights of Ren. I did not see that one. The other one that stuck out to me was Poe Dameron, Chewbacca, and Lando with mm. the, with BB-8 and uh, the 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 other new droid. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, all on the fa- in the Falcon cockpit. Uh, yes, I did. I think I did see that one too. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, we we um, that was Vanity chance, Fair that released that. By the way, yeah. If you get a chance, the uh, the the picture with the Knights of Ren, it's not an action shot; it's um, a directorial, you know, him directing them. Um, but he's surrounded by he's kind of surrounded by them, you know, talking to all of them. But they're in full full costume, so it looks like we're going to get our first look at the Knights of Ren. Yay! In this movie, so see that's yeah, why, I mean, that, that's why you need JJ back at the helm because. You know, he can actually tell the story that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of tying off from Realm of the Mist podcast, too, uh, we just did the special for Game of Thrones, and the reason that ties into Star Wars is with as lackluster as that season finale uh, episode was and the whole entire season eight of Game of Thrones, should we really be concerned about the next trilogy which is supposed to be helmed by Benioff and Weiss, the uh, creators of well, Game of Thrones. I mean, my question, I haven't, like, I'll be honest, I haven't watched Game of Thrones since about season four or five. Um, but how much of it was just, with this last season, them being hamstringed with, with a short season and trying to stuff as much as they could in to such a short season? You know, we, I mean... We had you had eight seasons, seven seasons of pretty good stuff, and I mean, can we really judge the entire thing? You know, what's going to happen with the Star Wars on one season, one short season? I don't know. Can you judge Quantum Leap based on its terrible ending? 
Seinfeld on its terrible ending, uh, The Sopranos? I don't think so. I mean, you can't. I don't think you can judge the entire body of work on one. Yeah, just because the show ended bad, you have to look at the entire body of work. And, well, yeah, I mean, it might have ended not the way we wanted it to. You know, you still have, you know, however many seasons of all those other shows to look back and think, that's was some great television. But the thing is, it's the greatest portions of it. This is why I, I bring it up as a, as a cause for concern. Uh, when you look back at uh, the first five seasons of Game of Thrones, um, yeah. they were based on George R.R. R. Martin's books. Yeah. So they had a template to follow. They had something to to, to go by. Now, yeah. now in season six, obviously there was some great things in it, and they had a full se- season. I understand that, but that was their first taste of writing in a galaxy, if you will, created by somebody else. And now yeah. they're writing the story. And excuse me, <coughs> subsequently seven and eight, it makes me concerned. It's like, okay, I got no problems with them still directing. I'm not calling. I'm not. I'm not pulling the episode eight thing with Ryan Johnson. You know yeah. that, that people do. Oh my God, he he needs to be fired and blah blah blah. I'm not I'm not calling for that, but I'm concerned that maybe Benioff and Weiss don't know how to close something out, and if that mm-hmm. is the case, maybe the best thing that Benioff can, and Weiss could do is just be directors and let somebody else who understands Star Wars write it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Because the one thing I can give this last season was at least it was visually stunning. The mm-hmm. story made no sense. It was very rushed, very shoddy. But visually, it was beautiful. Yeah. So if you let them shoot the film, but somebody else tell the freaking story, I think we'll be all right. If you're putting it in the hands of Benioff and Weiss to write the story as well, now I'm a little concerned. Hmm. So here's my if if we are looking at and this is kind of tying in with with what we're was just talking about if um if we're looking at like we're expecting to the um old republic do you th- and we have Benioff and Weiss directing do you think this should take a more shall we say adult lean or do you think it should be because it's Star Wars it should still be a more I don't want to say family friendly, but you know, you know, no more than a PG thirteen rating. Well, if we're talking Old Republic, I, I got to look at the fan base. The fan base of the video games and the and the books, you know, and stuff that were in the EU of the Old Republic were were really kind of young adult to adult. I don't think mm-hmm. young kids really re- read it as much. Maybe the comics, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, maybe they played the video games if Dad would put down a controller long enough to let them. Um, so, I wouldn't say that I would want this to be... Sorry, fans. I don't want this to be an R-rated movie. I don't want to exclude no. kids from seeing the movies. But I'd say somewhere in between uh, original trilogy and Rogue One. Yeah, somewhere in yeah. that little mix of realism and a little grittiness, but not yeah. not so dark and gloomy that it would turn away younger audiences. Yeah, 
I think somewhere like I'm thinking of kind of how, um, like you said, Rogue One or even a um, Episode Three, more of a PG thirteen. Yeah, so you can get a little bit more of the violence, but not necessarily over the top. Right. You know, brute, you know. No killing gore. younglings. Aww. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean, because I mean, the, the Old Republic was a much more. The books and the comics and the games were much more brutal and just, you know, it definitely wasn't for little kids. Right. And again, you know, using Benioff and Weiss and, and what they did visually with some of the infamous battles of, of, you know, the Game of Thrones universe, these guys could give us that saber on saber, like Sith versus Jedi, large scale battles and make it look phenomenal. I know they can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you definitely don't want it to be cartoony. You don't want Jar Jar Binks running through the fray. You know, no. wildly fumbling with a lightsaber and killing a bunch of Sith. You want true Jedi Masters versus true Sith Masters just ta- mowing each other down. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where where it goes. We've said this before with this story and what part of the Old Republic will we get and, you know, how far back will they go and everything like that. So it's... I'm. I'm interested, as you said, you know, with the um, some of the things of from coming from Game of Thrones, um, tentative, you know, maybe a li- not. I wouldn't say worried, but I'll, I don't know what the right word I'm looking for is. No, I get, I get you. I'm, I'm, I'm apprehensive of it now too. I think that's the word you were looking for. I'm, yeah, apprehensive. A little um, apprehensive. Especially yeah. because when I think about the Old Republic with Benioff and Weiss, there's, there's really only one conclusion I could have. If Disney wants to save Star Wars and bring the fandom back into the fold, one, they need Episode Nine to hit. Two, when they mm-hmm. announce Old Republic, the main character has to be Revan. Yes. If it's not Revan, the crowd would go absolutely disgustingly violent against Disney's Star Wars franchise. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and I'm hoping they do something like they did when they, like they've announced major characters before, like when they announced Krennic and they had, um, the actor walk out onto the stage. I'm hoping they kind of do something like that with Revan where they bring they bring the actor out in full, costume but he so that we know who would be revan who would i don't you know cast? i mean oh who would you cast to be darth revan in a live action film i don't know i mean honestly i would cast a i would do what star wars has done before in the past cast a nobody cast an unknown i i would agree with that look for an unknown i mean it's worked with daisy ridley it's worked for you know the original cast members. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if Pad or yeah, uh, uh, Natalie Portman and uh, Hayden Christensen and especially Ewan McGregor were really unknowns. But I mean, they weren't. Yeah, they I, weren't household names until after the prequel trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, I would I agree, agree with that. But I, I think... go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I would. I would say for Revan cast a 
uh, a relative unknown and then surround him with, and this is something that they've done before, you know, cast a couple of unknowns, but then put in a couple of veteran actors around them. You know, cast a couple of, not necessarily like huge, big blockbuster stars, but a few good, solid actors around them. I mean, that's what they did with the original trilogy with, you know, hiring people like, um, no, uh, I can't even think of his name now. Obi-Wan. Ewan McGregor or Alec Guinness? Yeah, Alec Guinness and uh, with Tarkin. You know, those were two seasoned actors, you know, character actors who knew their craft and could really probably work with those younger actors to help them out. And they just kind of did the same thing with the prequel trilogies with, you know, getting a couple of getting a lot of unknown, but then getting some more seasoned actors who had been in, you know, some roles that could really work as mentors for these up and coming guys. Well, actors. The big thing, the big thing for an old Republic to work under Benny and under anybody, but especially under Benny Offenweiss, uh, is you definitely have to have you definitely have to have Revan in the story. Yes, uh, I agree. You have to find the right balance of CGI with practical effects because with the large scaleness that's going to be going on, there's going to be CGI. I hate to break it to you. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. but good CGI is CGI. You don't realize the CGI. I, I know people usually be down on this, but uh, look at Phantom Menace. A lot more of it was practical than people thought it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't go to, to green screen studios and film, film the whole entire films until two and three. And, yeah. Uh, but Phantom Menace had more practicality to it than, than digital effect. Um, so I think the right balance of that. And then the third thing that isn't necessarily in the director or writer's hands, it's in the fans fans is don't walk into these movies expecting to get Knights of the old Republic one and two. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's going to draw inspiration from that, but it's not going to be the same story and don't sit there and, you know, bang your head against the walls. That's not the way it went in the game or in the books. It's not about the game or the books. This is a completely new story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, we're not going to get, you know, you know, we might get, like you said, I think we'll probably get Revan. And who knows? I mean, that may be all we get. We may get Revan, but we may not get Bastilla or, you know, Malice. any of the other characters. Ballas, yeah. We may not get Malak. I think know. you got to have Malak. I, I, I don't know. I think you have to have those three. Because Revan's yeah. story really centers around Bastilla and, and Malak. Mm-hmm. So, even though, again, we're not drawing from the original source material so much, you know, um, word for word, I think that's the f- right foil for Darth Revan. So, I mean, do you think that we should get the fall of Revan? Do you think it should be like, we start out with Revan as a Jedi and then see his fall, or should it be we get right away Darth Revan, and then it's his redemption? Well, that's a major question. I I, I don't know. If, they, if they're looking to do this like they did with Star Wars and echo, actually, the Skywalker saga, I think we're going to get the redemption Yeah. first, and then maybe they'll revisit for Revan's fall. 
But here's yeah. the here's the question. Say for the sake of argument, they did follow more closely to the source material than they normally do. Mm-hmm. Would you want to see Revan redeemed, or would you want to see him fall from grace? Because remember, and if you remember the the, the get video game, that especially the first one, Revan woke up not remembering he was a Sith, and yeah. once he was faced with the fact that he was Darth Revan or she, depending on how you played the game, you had the choice of either be, being a Jedi and a good guy or reverting back to the most uh, feared Sith in the galaxy. So how would you mm. want Revan's story arc to end? Would you want a redemption, or would you want a, a, a complete second fall from grace? That's a good question. I mean, that's a tough one. Personally, I would like to see the redemption. I think I'd, you know, go, I'd, for the, I'd go for the second fall from grace. I We've hmm. seen the redemption. That, true. This is very true. I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset if, you know, it did follow that that grassroots thing and, you know, Revan's redeemed. But I think it would be more shocking to people if the third movie of a trilogy ends on a downer. Yeah. You know, Revan has returned to full power, dark side power and, you know, is again the most feared Sith in the galaxy. Yeah. But what do I know? I'm not the guy writing it. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Neither am I. So, um, anyway, so uh, moving on to our main topic tonight, uh, we are continuing our look at Jedi Master Luke Skywalker tonight with looking at the uh, legend of Luke Skywalker. Used a little pun there because we're going to be looking at Luke. In the Star Wars Legends, uh, the old EU. The old and EU. The old EU. No, that is not the European Union. <laughs> Although it's about as credible nowadays. Very true. 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 Ooh, that was a burn. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Where's Kelso when we need him? That's it. But uh, no, the, the, the Grandmaster Luke Skywalker, the hero that everybody wanted to see in the films because they read all these books. Exactly, exactly. And I will talk about Luke uh, in the the new can in the new canon next week. But I think you really kind of hit it on the head. Was and they even mentioned this kind of in passing that the fact that the Luke that. Ray was expecting to meet was the Luke that we had in Legends. No, well, you're you're absolutely right because I mean Luke Skywalker's journey in the EU was uh, beyond Episode Six was completely different than yes. the story arc we got in the sequels. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's I I. I go back and forth. It's been a while since I've read a lot of the old EU books, but <sighs> and 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 understand. I'm not saying that either one is bad. There was a no. lot of EU uh, stories involving Luke Skywalker that I absolutely loved, but at the same yeah. time, I like the story arc of Luke Skywalker in the new canon. I like his fall from grace being a little different than what it was in the EU. 
because he did have a fall from grace, and actually it was yeah. kind of a darker fall from grace in the EU, though he redeemed mm-hmm. himself afterwards. But I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 it's been quite a while since I read the EU as well, but. Yeah. I mean, there were there were some great stories like his founding of the uh, Jedi Temple and, and yeah. putting together his first class of Jedi. You know, uh, the Children of the Force series, I believe it was, was yeah. great story uh, story arcs. And of course, the Thrawn trilogy and the Hand of Thrawn trilogy were absolutely phenomenal. Where we start getting introduced yeah. into characters like uh, 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 Mar Jade and his relationship with her, and you know. Um, and then, of course, his interactions with the Solo kids and his own child. Yeah. You know, and their subsequent adventures. Like, Luke was a very interesting character in the EU. But I, I not to break you, people's you, hearts, I was not disappointed to see that Luke go. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, do you think that that Luke, because I look at how that Luke acted and... There's one thing that I did not see is I didn't see any of his dad. I didn't I didn't old see EU. I didn't see so much as of Anakin, but then again we really didn't know Anakin yet with a this lot of the true. stories. This is true. This is true. All we had um, was what An- like Obi-Wan would say, you know. There there wasn't yeah. really stories out there yet of Anakin and his adventures as a Jedi. This is true. This is true. And I also like when I saw when I you know remember how Luke interacted with his students. I saw more Obi Wan than I did even Yoda. And considering that Yoda was the one who basically trained him, um, if you go by the by the you know the the movies, you know his interaction with Obi Wan was very short. It was really Yoda was the one who trained him, but yet. I see more in the old EU the influence of Obi-Wan in how he talks and how he interacts. Whereas in the new the new canon, especially in Last Jedi, you see a ton of Yoda. I don't know. I, I would disagree a little bit. I think I think I think Luke still has that old hermit mentality on, on uh uh Octu. Uh very 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 Obi Wan esque. I mean, even in the way he dressed and presented himself being very scraggly and and yeah. uh, I, I think I would argue it wasn't so much Yoda when he was playing tricks on Ray as that was just Mark Hamill. It's a hard it's a hard line to cross there. But yeah. um, but no, you're you're absolutely right. There was a different feel to Luke uh in the EU. Luke was a lot more cocksure than sometimes he had reason to be. Yeah, and um, I think the one down thing I would say about Luke in the EU was he was, I mean, we make the jokes about uh, Anakin being Space Jesus. Right. But I think that was Luke in the EU. I mean, he almost did could do nothing wrong. Now, Luke, Luke was very so, much was a Gary Sue in the, in the EU. Yeah, I mean, he was so perfect and so overpowered. It was just... And... I, you know, you really didn't see him. Like, that's the one thing I can say about it. Like I said, and it will get into, you know, Last Jedi next week. But I think you can't really you can't really talk about the e, EU Luke without talking about the, you know, canon. This, the yeah. canon is you saw a lot more character growth 
and you saw a lot more depth to this Luke than you did in the EU. I think that kind of Luke, that Luke, it got to a certain, he grew to a certain point, then he just kind of stayed there. You know, you didn't see, you know, do you know, you know what I'm trying to say? No, I, 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 I kind of get it. And, and, and I mean, Luke, Luke was very much a, a Gary Sue. He doesn't do it no wrong. Um, his, his story arc was he, he was the new savior of the, of the new Republic, you know, and uh, the founder of the new Jedi order. Uh, yeah. but in reality, I mean, you can, you can't help but compare Luke to the canon Luke, uh, because of the fact that there were some similarities. I mean, a lot of people claim, uh, proclaim that Luke would never have turned his back on the resistance. Well, remember in the stories, Luke disen- got, became disenchanted with the new Republic and separated the Jedi order from their control. Yeah. Yep. I remember. Yeah. I remember that. So, yeah, I mean, there are some similar, I guess there are some similarities, you know, that, that a lot of people do seem to forget. I mean, yeah, he didn't go into seclusion and wait to die, but he became so disenchanted that he disassociated a whole, order of people from you know from the galactic government said mm-hmm. you know he said we're an independent thing now we'll do what we want yeah and i think the other thing is you know we've had only a as far as the period between what would what would be considered the old eu period from you know the end of Return of the Jedi to whatever the last of the uh, the old can't the uh, the Legends book the le- you know the um what well, what were the last Legends books that were written the last that ones the... that I remember was like the New Jedi Order series yeah New Jedi Order Yuz, with the Yuuzhan Vong and and really pushing into the world basically beyond Luke although he was still a presence yeah. So, and we're just now starting to get books that kind of cover that that time period now between, you know, end of Jedi to when the new trilogy starts. So, you know, we still have to see the founding of the Jedi of, you know, the new of the Jedi Temple with the new canon and stuff like that. So it's still kind of interesting to see where they go with that story and seeing Luke, you know, Luke's I think, fall. I think people compared. are going to be very shocked when episode nine releases and that story arc is completely done. And we're going to start getting a flood of the shit that happened in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. And yeah. we're going to start seeing Luke and his Jedi order and his bringing Ben Solo into the mix and the fall from grace and the rise of Kylo Ren. And yeah, you know, and I think they're going to start seeing a lot more similarities to the EU Luke than they really thought Mm -hmm. was going to be. Well, I think the other thing that's going to help with the, the new canon compared to the old one. And this is, this is a a problem that just the old canon, the, the legends had in general was, because it wasn't really, I mean, it was kind of loosely under Lucas Arts and Lucas Lucas Film, um, but there was no real continuity. So you had there are so many books that were written, 
and so many stories that were told that you know you had contradictions you had you know a book would say one thing and then you find out later on you know because of the prequels like well that wasn't exactly the way we thought it was so then you had to go back and retcon that to fix that so it fit in with that or just say well that's not really canon and now that they're that's one thing about with them being under the preview of disney is they can set a a very strict standard of okay this is what we're going to be using now for our canon don't deviate from this stay in this little box you know right this story has to end up here yes yeah you have the beginning and the end anything in between but as long as it doesn't deviate from you know from this you know i don't you know you're not going to see luke you know going you know full dark side you know shortly after the battle of indoor or anything like that but um as long as you know you end end here you're fine right and and again you know with it with the new canon luke is not an old man at the end of return of jedi by any means, you know, and we have to get 30 years to, well, 25 years, I guess you could say, to the fall of this Jedi Order. He was only, in that 30-year span, he was only running that order for, give or take, about 10 years. Yeah. So you still got 20 years of material that we don't know what adventures Luke was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Besides setting up his Jedi Temple and and looking Mm -hmm. for students and all. Um, because I believe, if, correct me if I'm wrong, in the new canon, the, the, the temple that burned, that, that Ben had burned, that was his first class. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I believe so. Like I, I said, we don't really have a lot of info on, on that. So I believe that was his first student class. So yeah, we got 20 years of material that they could start telling. And again, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of similarities to the, Skywalker that we were introduced to in the first uh, Thrawn trilogy book, Heir to the Empire, sitting yeah. sitting on a rooftop drinking hot cocoa. But um, I, I definitely think I definitely think that Luke is going to be almost the same character as the EU, but with slight variances that lead him to the path that he's going to be. And the big mm-hmm. thing, the big thing about the EU that a lot of people seem to forget is, yeah, there were some great story arcs, great character developments, but you're absolutely right. There was too many hands in the cookie jar screwing up the stories. And people do seem to forget that shitty books had come out. Things mm-hmm. like, uh, the dark crystal or the, uh, the, the, the crystal star or dark saber. Yeah. You know, just to name two off of the top of my head. You know that were god awful and pretty much retconned in their in their own rights as far as what was canon back when the EU was canon. Yeah, you know, so yeah. not everything was sunshine and rainbows in the EU back then. Oh no, no. I mean, you when you have that many books, I mean, you're going to have some stinkers in there. You know, and I mean, we've talked about this before that the e that the uh, the the old EU. You know, to quote, to uh, paraphrase uh, Kylo, uh, the past needed to die. Well, yeah, again, um, when they first intro- uh, announced that they were doing Star Wars, that Disney bought Lucasfilm. And the first thing Lucasfilm did is said, everything that came after Return of the Jedi, 
it's gone. It, it, or it's not gone. It's Legends. You can still buy it. They're still releasing it. They're not releasing any new ones, but they're still re-releasing the old ones. They're reprinting them. Yeah. You can yeah. still read and enjoy the EU and, and the Adventures of Luke Skywalker that way. But I was thrilled when they did that because I was not going to see the exact same thing I've already read. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. And I, and I, yeah. think, I think most people kind of shared that belief as well. It's like, although it would have been cool to see some of the things that happened in the EU on film, you know, especially yeah. like somebody like Mara Jade or, you yeah. know, or the like, it would, well, have been, I mean, it would have been awesome, but I'm glad they didn't rehash. They didn't just tell yeah. me a story I already knew. Well, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the problem though, is if you were to have done legends, you know, where do you go? I mean, which story do you do? Do you tell? Do you tell the Thrawn trilogy? If you do, do you tweak it so that it takes place this many years? Because let's be honest, you know, the Thrawn trilogy took place five years. Was supposed to have taken place five years after Return of the Jedi. Well, you can't pass off Mark Hamill now as being, you know, five years after the Return of the Jedi. No, if there's just gonna, no way you can do that. If you're gonna do, if you were gonna do the Hand of Thrawn, you had to do it. Either before or right after the prequels, yeah. To have Mark yeah. Hamill at that right time frame, yeah. The only other thing you can do is to do New Jedi Order, is to do, you know, God, and then, no Yuuzhan Vong, yeah, or or not even the Yuuzhan Vong, but like after the Yuuzhan Vong, you know, right. do that. You could have done that time period, but then again, but then you have that whole bag of worms. Is okay. How do you explain everything that happened between before then? How you know? How do you explain you know why Coruscant was destroyed and all these other things? You know, you have that whole can of worms to. So I think they made a good choice in doing what they did. Oh, absolutely, and even the character developments, because again, we we said it before, we said it earlier in, in the segment. Luke was very much a Gary Sue in the EU, and especially towards the end of his time, you know, his, his mm-hmm. older self when he became a Grand Master. Luke was popping out brand new Jedi force powers and and shit like people change underwear. Like, he was so powerful. How do you really develop that on film to be a relatable character? Yeah. True. um, It was entertaining as hell to read. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but to actually watch on film and, and Mark Hamill play basically an omnipotent god... Yeah, yeah, I w- yeah, Tr- yeah. You know, I, 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 I love Mark Hamill. I think he's a great actor, not just in Luke Skywalker, but I don't think he would pull that off well, especially as Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely, definitely agree with you there. Definitely agree with you there. Um, well, let's let's since we've been let's go kind of a little bit more into um, Luke in the EU and talk about some of his relationships. And of course, I don't think you can talk about any relationship with Luke in the EU without talking about Mara Jade. Oh yeah, his his, uh, <laughs> his wife his, who tried uh, to marry him. Or, or tr- yeah, murder him. <laughs> well, murder, marry. It's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. And, you know, we never talked about Mara Jade when we were talking about our um, 
are women of Star Wars, so... Yeah, we did. But we did? Oh, I did not think we did. I don't think we gave her her own particular segment. I think she wound up in the, in the uh, collection of women. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting. And, yeah, you know, I just remember reading the Thrawn trilogy books and reading at the end when everything kind of, you know, wrapped up at the end, thinking to myself, those two are going to get together. They set it up really perfectly. Like this is before I'd read you know any of the other books where they actually get married, and I'm like those two, yeah Luke and Luke and her are gonna get together. I can see it. Oh, a- absolutely. Uh, uh, and it, it, that's a credit to to Timothy Zahn as a writer, creating a character like Mara Jade and and really putting together this really dynamic story arc of you know uh, a girl who was trained to be the assassin of the emperor for the for the yeah. emperor whose last yeah. duty was to kill the person who killed her emperor who you know she blamed luke even though we all know it was actually vader um oh, yeah. and somehow some way luke becomes prisoner to mara and luke just straight max on her while he's prisoner to her <laughs> And she winds up falling in love with him. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, I just thought about this, too, and is, you know, Mara was Ventress before Ventress. She really was. I mean, the Sith, the assassin, she was Ventress before Ventress. I'd even go so far as to say she was Starkiller before Starkiller. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, because Ventress was the secret assassin of Dooku. Starkiller was the secret assassin of Darth Vader. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I I I say they fall under the same boat, all three of them. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I know for a fact that Dalla was a lover of Palpatine, but was was Mara too a lover? Yeah, no. Okay, because I know Dalla. I know Admiral Dalla was. No, she was a, as far as I remember in the EU, and again, it's been a while, but uh, as far as I remember, she was a tool of the Empire. Yeah. And the yeah. Emperor in, in general. No, because I just, I just remembered that, and, you know, remember that Admiral Dalla had been, and that just always sends a shudder down my, th- down my spine thinking of. <laughs> Ooh, old man balls that are already shriveled with age, and now they're shriveled with dark force energy. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. I could just see him pulling off his Sith robes and with a hard on. Unlimited power! <laughs> and that's why there's a mature rating on our videos. <laughs> oh. Oh. I just, yeah, ruined, I, okay. I just ruined it for everybody. <laughs> oh. You just ruined Forget what Ryan. Forget Ryan Johnson. You just ruined my childhood. That's it. Yeah, that 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 is actually ruining your childhood right there. Especially when yes. em, when the Emperor shows up in Episode Nine. Everybody's going to sit there and just listen to this podcast. And as soon as uh, Ian McDermott uh, appears on screen, everybody's just going to be envisioning him doing the Flasher thing with a trench coat, screaming unlimited power. <laughs> God damn that guy on War of the Stars. <laughs> oh wow um, so let's talk about um moving right along um well his son 
Ben? Ben. And the sim I mean, do you see any similarities between any of the any of the characters that we've seen in the new trilogy and Ben Skywalker? Or or is Ben just basically a character just a character on his own? He's got the same name as Kylo. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, I, no. Um, see, I see, I see more similarities between Jason and Ben 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 Solo than I do any. But I do Ben I Skywalker. Said, I would have said Anakin Solo. Uh, yeah. I really, I really would have compared Kylo more to Anakin Solo when he had his I say, turn. I say, yeah. I say I say Jason just because it was Jason was the one that turned fully. True. Yeah, you know, he was the one that became that you know became Darth Cadus and you know. But remember, it, Kylo's never really fully turned. He's still mm-hmm. even now as nutty as he's becoming hasn't fully given himself the dark side. He's still got that flicker of light in him. Which is, mm-hmm. of course, why a lot of people feel he's going to be redeemed this this movie. I'm yeah. hoping for the opposite, but I mean, we'll see how it happens in nine. But he he still has that flicker of light in him, you know. But then again, you think about it. There's not really many characters in the dark side universe in canon that yeah. wasn't somebody who wasn't necessarily fully turned. Dooku liked the power of the dark side but he was an aristocrat he preferred prestige yeah maul was a hunter more than a sith lord although he was damn good at a sith lord you know uh so i wouldn't necessarily say he was even given over completely to the dark side we know anakin wasn't because yeah they made a couple movies about it um really on film the only character we've ever seen that was truly given over to the dark side was palpatine yeah, and even then, I mean, can we? St- I mean, because he he craved political power. He craved than- he he cr- uh, craved political power, but he also I think he also craved destroying the uh, the rule of two, Darth Bane's rule of two. Yeah, I think I think he really wanted to change this. I think he was more in love with the old Republic, and the days where the Sith were basically a race Mm -hmm. you know and where you could have a bunch of sith masters and sith apprentices and and create a complete sith army and empire yeah out of it i think i think that's really what what he wanted i think i think his ambition was his dark side yeah yeah but we're talking about Luke, not Palpatine. We'll yeah, we that. are talking about Luke. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll save that for Sheev. Sheev, The episode yes. on Sheev. Sheev. <laughs> See, that's something, that's something you got to give the new canon. Everybody forever wants to dog the new canon because they fell in love with the uh, EU for so many years. And I get it because I grew up with the EU, too. Oh, yeah. But the new canon gave us Palpatine's first name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something yep. we all wanted to know. <laughs> it, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sheev. Yep, so good old Sheev. The Senate. So if you can't if you can't accept anything else, at least give thanks for that. Now we know his first name. Yeah. <laughs> Forty years later. Um but uh 
No, I mean his, his interactions with uh, with with Han and Leia's kids and his own child. He was a lot more loving, and a little yeah. less following of the strict Jedi codes that he kind of yeah hated in New Canon. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, in the old. But again, we're talking about before Lucas had decided to say. Hey, I'm making a prequel trilogy and love's forbidden and you know. So again, we're getting to see a whole new world where you know, for your own headcanon, Luke turned around and said, Okay, that's not the right answer. Look what it did to my father. Yeah. And he he found a way of balancing being a Jedi master and, and a trainer with being a father, especially the yeah. force sensitive children. Yeah. And guess what? It didn't always work out, as in the case with Jason and with uh, Anakin. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, in the Star Wars universe, let, let's be fair, don't name your child Anakin. Anakin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you want you want dead but... younglings? That's how you get dead younglings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> this is true this is true yes yeah, but uh yeah th- those interactions were really great and i i really love the one thing i did love about eu luke was he never lost his connections to leia han lando chewy mm-hmm. you know yeah R2, they're always PO, yeah they were always together or yeah. or not that far away from each other so if I miss anything about the EU Luke over the the new canon Luke was that the EU Luke still had love for for the people he fought and bled with. Yeah. Not that the the new canon Luke didn't, just he went away where this Luke wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, but his his uh, his accepting his role as a mentor, a father figure, a father, a Jedi master, and still accepting the fact that him and Leia are brother and sister, so they're now family. Han Mm -hmm. is married to Leia now, so he's a brother. You know, so, like, it was was very much a family thing for Luke, and, and I think that was one of the main themes of Luke in the EU, was that Luke was getting to know the family he never had growing up on Tatooine. And then, you know, mm-hmm. especially after, you know, uh, Owen and Baru died and, uh, and then Obi one yeah. died. And so everybody he cared about died. He, he still uh, had a family. I think that, I think you just hit the nail on the, on the head. The, the legends, Luke never stopped being the farm boy. Right. You know, whereas I think this Luke, the new canon Luke, at some point did. Yeah, he stopped. He stopped being that wide-eyed, almost somewhat. And I think this, you know, Luke got into most of the most, not necessarily whiny, but I think this is the one thing I from that I see the difference between at least the Luke that we see in Last Jedi and the Luke we see in the EU was. What got Luke in the trouble in the old EU was he was so trusting of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you see this. I mean, who knows? We may see a change once you, like you said, once the, the, we start getting a flood of new canon books in, 
we might see we might see that he used to be trusting, then it bit him in, bit him in the butt, and you know then we, that's how we see this new Luke. But you know the old the old EU Luke was you know someone that always saw the good in everybody, and you know sometimes it would come back to bite him. I mean, I mean for crying out loud, you know you had. Um, Oh, I can't even think of the characters. It used to be one of my favorite characters. It was the one that fell to Exar Kun. Oh hell, you're asking me to remember. <laughs> oh. But you had a you had a, a you know one of the one of the books where you had one of his students fall to Exar Kun and become one of his disciples and almost destroy the temple. And in the end, he's like, "All's forgiven. Yeah, come on back. You're cool." You're you're absolutely and, right, but I, I think I think you know besides the fact that he he had that trusting image, is he gave himself over completely to the teachings and, and beliefs of the Jedi Order, something that in the movies Luke always struggled with. Yeah, you know, so I think I think that was a departure of character too in in the EU was that Luke was laser focused Jedi. You know, and and he was good at being a Jedi in in uh, the EU. He he never stopped to to react hard. He he never he never went off half cocked and and too too uh, brash or or instinctive as he would do in the movies. You know, he was a yeah. lot more calculating and trusting in his own abilities in the Force. Yeah. Something that the new canon Luke would have considered hubris. Yeah. Which, again, leads back to why I think when we get the flood of canon of the stuff that happens after Jedi, <laughs> we may see that Luke. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. He, he, yep. he, definitely, he definitely, besides having that nice guy naivety, he... He grew in power and ability in power immensely and in turn just gave himself over to the principal teachings of the Jedi way too fast for what the character originally would have done in the films. Yeah, exactly. So I think we're going to wrap things up there, leave some of the rest of the conversation for next week when we wrap up our look at Luke Skywalker. Um, before we get going, just want to say, remember, if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on YouTube, remember to like and subscribe. Uh, check us out on anchor.fm. You can check out all our other shows there. And also, um, remember to, if you want to leave us some monetary help, greatly appreciated we have a patreon page and also on anchor.fm there is a uh, a page where you can support us there and chris where else can we they find you or us or anybody else uh, you can find me anywhere there's realm of entertainment on social media here on youtube uh of course like sub- subscribe comment uh, share the more people that see it, the more people can p- become friends of, or friends of it so and of course on paid uh yeah, PayPal <laughs> on uh, Anchor or wherever quality podcasts are. Heard. Hey, if they want to give me money on PayPal, that's great. All right, that's right. <laughs> I will not complain. 
So, yeah, you know, wherever quality podcasts can be heard. That's right. That's right. Uh, you can find me on, yeah. Yeah, it's a little on hard face- tonight, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I don't know. What's... You can find me on Facebook at Mark Tolly, uh, on Twitter at John Mark Tolly one and on Instagram at John Tolly 3930. And remember to check us out next week as, like I said, we continue our look or finish up our look at Luke Skywalker. And after that, we're going to be taking a week off. Um, I got a little vacation, little mini vacation coming up that week. So I'm just taking that week off. Yay. Uh, I know. Yes. Again, being the only guy that records every show, even if I'm not on the show, I'm recording the show. So a day off. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until then, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Always. Why didn't the three little pigs go in for some kind of flat share scheme? Does Jesus get to choose which wine he turns it into? Why don't Sims have the upper body strength to climb out of a swimming pool? And does everybody really want to be a cat? I'm Will Baker. And I'm Alex Prescott. And if you're the type of person that overthinks these deep philosophical questions, then Think to the Brink is the podcast for you. From Disney characters to song lyrics, debates to social etiquette, tune in every week for your dose of paralysis by analysis. All topic suggestions are welcome. If you can think it, we can overthink it. Think to the Brink. Available on all podcast platforms. Hey everyone, this is John Tolley. I to check out War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, me and my co-host, Christopher Stolle, discuss the news and theories surrounding one of the largest franchi- movie franchises in the world. So join us every Wednesday at 8 Eastern as we travel to the galaxy far, far away, right here on Anchor FM and wherever fine podcasts are heard. When you need CBD, vape juice, or a new mod, go to Vape Scorpion. 10859 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19116. They are formerly known as East Coast Vapor. They have all your needs, all the equipment, all the juice. And hey, while you're there, sit down, enjoy a beer, and just hang out with a bunch of cool people. As if you really need your next vape machine, or maybe you just want to try a local-made uh, juice, make sure you hit up Vape Scorpion. That's 1085 Boston Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19116. Or give a call to 215-464-8273. Oh yeah, and make sure you let them know that Realm of the Mist Entertainment sent you. He said that she said how dare you say that? That's offensive. Well, someone's gotta say it. It had to be said with Venus. Catch the live show Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out the recordings at any time. Best shows weekly. Listener, beware. Mature content. Sexual content. Trigger warning. Do you dare say it? Hi, my name's Chris. I'm here to tell out Realm of the Mist podcast. Realm of the podcast, we talk about all the great and things from movies, 
music, books, comic books, and many, many other forms of entertainment, as well as politics, current events, and just general fun having a good time. If you're looking for a podcast that is right up your alley, look no further than Realm of the Mist Podcast here on Anchor.fm, where fine podcasts can be heard. Hi, this is Dave from the Comic Collection at 83 Bustleton Pike in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Our phone number is 215-357-3332. We are right next to Northeast Philadelphia. We have action figures, gaming, statues, albums, and CDs, graphic novels, other knickknacks, and, of course, comics. Established in 1985, we are your go-to store. Come by and say hello. And say that the guys from Radiocast FM Radio sent you. The address again is 83 Bustleton Pike, Feasterville, Pennsylvania, or call 215-357-3332. Three-eyed turtle? Is that alright? What the fuck is a three-eyed turtle? Who wants a mustache ride? Are you tired of the same old podcasts with no humor? Well, join us for After Hours, where everything is funny, at least to us, on Anchor.fm, and where quality podcasts are heard. How the fuck did we get on this? I don't know. CC started this shit. It's their fucking fault. Hey everyone, this is Dak. This is Liam. And this is White People Shit. We are a bi-weekly podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe you're buying week I'm speaking strong. It means twice a week, you douche. Oh. Yeah, listen to us twice a week. On White People Wednesdays, we talk about gay stuff, zombies, superhero sex positions. And on Feature Peep Fridays, we interview the Feature Peep of the Week. Yeah, like a fucking furry. Just search WPS Podcast and look for the white dude in red pajamas. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify... YouTube and anywhere else podcasts. We believe in equal opportunity humor, where all things can be made fun of. So if your feelings get hurt and you're offended, you can always eat a dick.